0: Is LSU its own worst enemy when it comes to football scheduling? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we are on YouTube as as well. So make sure to check us out on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every day. You can find me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. Appreciate you for being here today, and I appreciate you as always always for always making locked and LSU your first listen every day before I get into how I think LSU could actually be hurting itself with some of its scheduling I gotta let you all know that today's edition of locked and LSU is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit FanDuel.com locked on today to get started so it was just announced today the time and day of LSU USC in Las Vegas to start the 2024 season. And it it reminds me of, of this same kind of almost jaded feeling that I have about these games every single year. And it's a jaded feeling while also at the same time, I love it. And I'll, I'll explain. LSU, I feel like, and I, I say, I feel like more than any other team in the country. And that's Probably my bias coming through just because I cover this team more than any other team in the country. I care about this team more than any other team in the country. But it, I feel like more than any other team in the country, LSU schedules difficult power five opponents in week one. I mean, we saw this year and, and last year with Florida State. We saw it with Miami in 2018, BYU in 2017, Wisconsin in 2016 and 2014, if we want to go back a little bit further. So this has been a thing for LSU football, Um, you know, other than the COVID year and then other in 2019, when they scheduled, I believe, Georgia Southern to start the season. LSU, more often than not, at least in recent history, schedules pretty difficult opponents to start the season. And I think that there are pros and cons to this. And I'll start with the pros. I'm feeling like I'm in a good mood. So the pros to this are, you really get a good indication of where your team is at week one. Whenever you schedule, you know, East, West, Carolina, Upstate, Technology, University week one, and you blow them out 68 to nothing Well, that doesn't really give me a good indication of where your football program is or how good your team is. Whenever you blow out a group of five opponent, whenever you blow out a small school like that, because that's what you should do whenever you're a team like the caliber of LSU. So at least whenever you schedule these power five opponents like Florida State or Wisconsin or USC in 2024, you get a really good barometer of where your team is to start the season. Two, I think it's wonderful publicity for the football program. Like I remember, I mean, like LSU basically owns Labor day, Sunday of Labor Day weekend. They do. I mean, like they play on Sunday of Labor Day weekend this year. They did last year. They will against USC in 2024. They did. Uh, they played on Sunday of that Labor Day weekend against Miami um, in Jerry's World. So these are like big marquee games, and that's the only football game on that day at that time, 6:30 kickoff, and on that day at that time. Because this is the week before NFL play. So it's a good thing because you you have so much exposure. Um, like I remember last year during the Florida State game, like LeBron James was tweeting about Malik Neighbors. However, it wasn't a good thing that um, LeBron James was tweeting about Malik Neighbors because it was after the second muffed punt. And it wasn't necessarily a good thing last year for LSU that everybody was watching that game because everybody looked at Brian Kelly's first You know, first outing as the LSU head football coach, whenever everybody in America already had doubts about Brian Kelly, everybody kind of, like, looked at LSU and was like, ooh, yikes, this team isn't very good. And then they didn't watch LSU again until, like, the Auburn game a couple weeks later. So it can work in your favor and also can work against you. It's wonderful publicity for the program. If you're balling out, everybody in America sees it because it's the only game that's on. But also if you have the kind of game like LSU did last year against Florida state, there can be a whole lot of negative talk around your program. So those are kind of like at least the good things it's good exposure for the program. And also it's wonderful resume boosters. If you know, if you get early on in your schedule a win against a team like, let's say, this season against Florida State, which preseason is a top 10 team, preseason is like one of those, those media darling kind of teams that everyone's all high on, Norvell and Jordan Travis, and rightfully so. But if you week one get a win against a team like that that's getting so much hype preseason, you already are on notice and you already are. Have a wonderful boost to your resume. So whenever it comes 11 to 12 weeks later, whenever the college football playoff committee needs to make up their decision about, oh, should we let LSU or Georgia in the college football playoff? I don't think it's going to come down to that. You, You know what I'm saying? If it comes down to LSU and let's say Georgia and LSU has a win over a team like Florida State and let's say wins over Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, if they would be in that position and Georgia has, you know, a win against buttcrack State University week one, like that's going to help LSU's resume. So those are the good things about playing teams like that week one. But there's also a downside to it as well. And that's what I want to get into coming up next. Maybe how LSU could actually be hurting itself by scheduling these games week one. We'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. So the midway point of the NBA season is here, and it is now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is super, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. And you can bet on, let's say, if you think one player is going to get a certain number of points and a certain number of assists, well, you can combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. You can do points, rebounds, assists, money line, spread, total. It's all on the table, and you can do it all with FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Well, thanks again for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Go grab your your bracket and listen to the Lockdown College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysis and the insights from our local experts, the Lockdown College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything that you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Lockdown College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So, I I go back and forth with the scheduling, the decision to schedule big games like that because it's wonderful exposure for the program because I love the fact that everyone in America is going to be watching LSU on the Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. I love that. I love that LSU doesn't back down from difficult opponents. I love that LSU doesn't, you know, stack the schedule with cupcakes just to make their path easier. I mean, I would be hypocritical if I was talking last week about how I wanted to play Alabama every single year and then turned around and said, "Oh, wait, no, I don't want to play difficult teams every year." Because I like I think overall it's good for your program, it's good for your team, it's a good um it's a good marker for where you are. I think overall it's a good thing. But I do think It has its obvious disadvantages. I think last year, playing Florida State the first week of the season put LSU at an obvious disadvantage. And obviously, you know, they didn't schedule that game whenever Brian Kelly got hired or just a few weeks before the season. No, I mean, that's been in the works for years. So it's like nobody could have foreseen the state that LSU football would have been in going into the 2022 season. But it definitely didn't do that team any favors. Because you have a new coach, a new coordinators, new coaches across the board, basically, all but a handful of new coaches. You have a new quarterback. You have a bunch of transfers at several positions. You've got true freshmen playing a college football game for the very first time. It, it definitely would have behooved LSU to play a buttcrack state university week one. And that's no disrespect to some of the group of five teams that are scheduled week one. I don't, I'm just saying that to be funny, not to be mean. But it would have behooved this football team to be able to allow itself to figure itself out without competing in a difficult game. Also, all in that same breath, I think it was a wake up call for that team. It was a measuring stick game to see what they needed to do, to see how far off they were from being competitive. Because after that game against Florida State, even throughout the game against Florida State, from the first half to the second half, it seemed like they kind of clicked. They they figured things out. But, and they also continued to change things week over week over week after that. They continued to learn more about the team. You learn more about yourself and you learn more about your team when your back is up against the wall versus when you're up 55 to nothing against an obviously inferior opponent. But it did inhibit LSU as they became better and better throughout the season. And once they beat Alabama in the conversation about the college football playoff, was a a a realistic conversation that we could all have. That Florida State game kind of hung over the program's head of how different would this football how different of a position would this football team be in in terms of the postseason if they didn't play Florida State week one? How much better of a position would this football team have been in if they had that first week to be able to throw a win on the schedule, to be able to boost the confidence of some of those young guys, some of those new players, if they would have just had an easy game to get through. It's it's something that I struggle with internally. Is it a good thing to schedule those games? It's never a bad thing to play good opponents. It's never a bad thing to learn more about your program. But, If that one game is going to be the difference of what keeps you in or out of the college football playoff, which it wasn't this past year, you know, if LSU would have beaten Texas A&M, then that would be a completely different story, but they didn't. They lost to Texas A&M, so the college football playoff was kind of like basically um, not even a factor. But let's just, let's play pretend. If LSU didn't play Florida State and it was a team that they would have beaten no matter what, week one, let's say they still lose that game to Tennessee. And then they go on to beat Texas saying and Everything else is, is the same. And I know we can play this what if game all day long. And I can say, well, what if, what if, what if? Well, it didn't happen. Let's just use our imaginations for a second. They would have won that game week one against whoever it was, Florida State even, but like a, an easier opponent that was a given win. Let's say they lose to Tennessee. They win out the rest of their games. LSU probably in the college football playoff, even if they didn't beat Georgia. Also, I'm dog sitting and he barks if I he's not sitting in my lap. So if you see a fuzzy head, that's just my friend here. Um, but they probably would have been in the college football playoff. And I can play that game all day long if you would have done this, if they wouldn't have done this. But it just makes me think and it's it will continue to be a conversation and a thought in my head about if this really truly is a good thing for the program in terms of on the field play. Off the field, I mean, it's a great payday for LSU with the networks and all of the eyes that are going to be on those games. I mean, anybody would watch an LSU-USC game or an LSU-Florida State game, but especially given that it's on Sunday night, the day before Labor Day. I mean, everybody's watching those games. I'm sure it's a great payout for LSU. They got rent to pay, too. Um, I just sometimes think about with this with this team be in a better position if they didn't have the Seminoles looming over their heads week one if they had some time to get ramped up and knock some of the rust off or is it just a good thing to come out that get swinging you're going to be set and ready for conference play because you already played a beast of a team I, I really see it both ways and I, I kind of struggle with it so let me know what you think, because I, I think that I could I could be persuaded either way. And honestly, I'll probably move forward continuing to think both things, because I think both things can be true, that it can help, but also end up hurting you at some point. But coming up next, it is a Mailbag Wednesday. Make sure to send those questions in every week. You can send them in at any time. We'll get to your questions coming up next. It is a mailback Wednesday. This is my favorite day of the week because I love talking with y'all. I love seeing what y'all like to talk about. I love seeing what's on your minds. I love kind of debating back and forth via Twitter, Twitter DMs, or the YouTube comments. So um, make sure to continue to get those questions, comments, concerns, and I really appreciate y'all, y'all's participation and being able to talk with you, at least in the most face-to-face way that could exist with this podcast. The first question is, who do you want LSU baseball's two permanent opponents to be? So if you hadn't seen the news, you know, the, big, the big news of conference expansion in the SEC is what is the football schedule going to look like? More likely than not, it's going to be the 3-6 model, three permanent opponents, six um, rotating opponents, add an extra conference game into the schedule. What we all kind of as a football-watching society or a college sports-watching society kind of forget about is the fact that this doesn't just affect football. You'd think it did. Seeing as much, we all talk about it. But this affects baseball. This affects basketball. This affects swimming, track, uh, softball, all of the above. This affects the the schedules and scheduling of all sports. And the baseball, the way that baseball is going to be constructed has just been released. So starting in 2025, so remember baseball is in the spring. So that's going to be year one of Texas and Oklahoma. They're joining in 2024, but it's that same season that they're going to join. So starting in 2025. Now, the baseball regular season is still going to have 30 conference games. You have 10 three-game series stretched out among 10 weeks, 30 conference games. That's not new. But now, each school will have two permanent opponents with eight rotating opponents across those 10 weeks. Now, where it's currently constructed is a team doesn't – a team – has three teams in the SEC that they don't play each year. And obviously that changes every year with your rotating opponents. That'll now expand to five, obviously, because there are two more teams. So it goes from three teams to five teams that you don't play every year. I also think it's a little bit ironic that uh, Greg Sankey says that he made these moves. So in football, you could go more places, visit more stadiums, play more teams outside of your traditional divisions. And now in baseball, it's almost doing the exact opposite but what do I know um but I but I get it you know it's you add two extra teams that's inevitably going to add um two more teams that you don't see every year so to the question who would I like to play every single year who would I like for LSU's permanent opponents to be my first thought is Arkansas and Ole Miss um I would not be I I I like Arkansas I want to play every single year. I think that's such a fun rivalry. I think that Arkansas and LSU are the best teams in college football or football, baseball most consistently, that they always consistently have really, really solid teams. And it's become a really fun rivalry. Um, so I say Arkansas and then on, honestly insert Mississippi State or Ole Miss in there as well. The rivalry exists, and it's the same kind of sentiment about Arkansas. As those teams traditionally have very good teams, and it's really good competition for LSU. So I would say Arkansas, and then insert Mississippi School here, would probably be my high. Would probably be my two choices. A little bit of a curveball that I I wouldn't mind seeing every year, but also wouldn't mind having to deal with those fans less than every year um, would be Tennessee. Because I think that Tennessee, you know, this nouveau riche kind of baseball program, they're a really good team and it'd be fun to play them every year. It's a rowdy fan base. It's a good team. That's very well coached. Um, But also I wouldn't mind not having to deal with Tennessee baseball fans every single year. And that's coming from somebody who, lives in the state of Tennessee. Um, But I would say probably first option would be Arkansas and Ole Miss and a very, very second close option, you know, probably option 1B would be Arkansas and Mississippi State. But it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Because I think in football, there are such obvious rivalries. In baseball, I don't think that there are traditionally enough powerhouse programs every single year for those rivalries to exist as – and uh, as strong as they do in football, um, you know, you look at several programs in the SEC that are traditional, very good, traditionally very good: LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida. Um, but I look at teams like, and Vanderbilt, I'll throw Vanderbilt in there as well. I look at teams like Missouri or Kentucky or even Georgia that aren't good consistently every single year, or aren't like Omaha caliber teams every single year. I do wonder: are they going to go off of you know? SEC East rivalries or their own conference rivalries, uh, how will those teams kind of fare when deciding those two permanent opponents? But it's a very good question. And it's something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days since that has been announced, the new new baseball schedule. Um, one One question comes from somebody following up on yesterday's podcast. You can find that on your preferred podcast platform and you can find that on YouTube as well. But basically, my my episode on Tuesday was about the boundaries that Brian Kelly was facing at Notre Dame that kept him away from a national championship. Do those barriers exist at LSU and do different barriers exist at LSU? This person asked, do you think Brian Kelly can win a championship at all? Absolutely, I do. Yes. Can he? Yes, 100%. Has he? No, he hasn't yet, but he's come pretty darn close but I would say him being in a place with um and I said this on the podcast yesterday and I'll double down on it I think it's easier to recruit at LSU than it is at Notre Dame that's no disrespect to Notre Dame Notre Dame is one of the most historical institutions in the country Notre Dame is one of the most identifiable brands and logos in the country like that is no disrespect to Notre Dame whatsoever I think there are several young Kids across the country that dream of playing for Notre Dame one day. But I don't think it's, it's a, it's should be lost on anyone that it's easier to, to recruit at LSU. There is better talent in the state of Louisiana than there is in the state of Indiana. It's easier to get into LSU than it is at Notre Dame. So I think that part of it would lead Brian Kelly to maybe um, have better resources to, you know, with it being a, um, the funding at LSU, I think, is is a little bit more robust than it is at Notre Dame. So all of those factors, I think that the resources are better, Um, that Brian Kelly is more equipped at LSU than he would be at Notre Dame. And Brian Kelly is a hell of a coach. He is. I mean, he has proven that throughout his entire track record of a coach. He's proven that in one year at LSU. He is a good football coach. Sometimes good football coaches struggle to win championships because there are a lot of other really good football coaches out there as well. But can't, do I think he can? 100%. Do I think he will at LSU? Honestly? Yeah, I, I do. When will that come? I have no idea. I got no idea. Last question that I'll get to this week. Um, this is a toughie. It says, Is this team better than it was last year? It's hard for me to say. We've had two spring practices so far, with only half of the 2023 recruiting class being early enrollees and participating in spring ball. So when I break it down into, into position groups and certain players, it's hard for me to say as a whole. I do think on paper, the cornerback position is better this year than it was this past year. I would say on paper, perhaps the offensive line is in a better position now than it was last year. And I would say that, you know, this freshman class, even though it was so productive last year, many members of the freshman class this past year were so productive, they are in a better spot this year because they are that much bigger, that much stronger, that much more acclimated to the college game, and that much more um, accustomed to the expectations of LSU football. I would say overall, like without me breaking down every single position group, without me, you know, and we will do that at some point, I promise you we will. Not me breaking down every single position group. My initial instinct and reaction is yes. Because of what Brian Kelly said at the beginning of spring ball, at his press conference when he spoke to the media um, uh, on that first day of spring practice. And he said, last year, we had to stop practice early. I had to teach, the, reteach them how to practice. I had to instill the culture. I had to show them the expectations. That groundwork is already done. You know he's already set those expectations. Of course, it's only going to grow and get better over time. But those expectations are already set. You have Jaden Daniels going into his second year as a starter. You have all those freshmen, like I mentioned, going into their second years. All of those players are have now been in the building and been in the program for a year now, and, can, and continue to build upon that. Do I think that that is going to yield a better result for this football team? I hope but it's something that I say all the time and I'll continue to reiterate as we go into this season. And that is growth is not linear. Success is not linear. Just because LSU won nine games this past year, doesn't guarantee that you're going to win 10 or 11 or 12. You can hope that it does, but this is a tough division, man. This is a tough conference to compete in. And you got Florida state to start the season, but bring it all back to the very first segment. So um, on paper, Yes, I do think this team is 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 better in terms of culture. This team is in a better place than it was last year. What does that mean come September? We'll see. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.